Hello, my name's Matthew Horsepool and welcome back to Brailcast Extra. Coming up this time, the second part of our series talking about Braille on iOS with Scott Davitt. This presentation was recorded on Tuesday the 15th of February 2022 and we're going to go straight into Scott's presentation today and after Scott's presentation the hosting of the event will be by Dave Williams and the moderation by Ben Mustill-Rose. Hello everybody and welcome to the second of three sessions in the master classes on using iOS devices with Braille displays. I first want to start out by thanking everyone for all of the interactivity and the feedback that you've sent to uh, the Braillists. I hope for an equally interactive session here in part two. This is again a recording. I'm not going to hide that fact, but I'm also going to tell you that just like last week when I had issues with pairing, if I have issues with editing text, and undoubtedly I will, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to edit that out either. And it's possible that uh, this entire thing can fall flat on its face. And if it does, I'll do my best to recover. I did want to cover a couple of other things real quickly before we get into today's class. Number one, iOS 15.3.1 was released a week ago today, and it appears that it addresses the bug where the Braille display would cause your phone to lock up and both would freeze, requiring you to reset them both. I've been testing it for about a week, and I've been checking in with people who have done the upgrade to see how it's going for them, and they largely say that, yes, this bug does appear fixed. I've waited a week to say that because it's one of those that doesn't always present itself, we hope it never presents itself again. But in uh, iOS 15.2.1, 15.2, and 15.3, a lot of people had that frustration. So hopefully you should be able to update your devices now. If you're running 15.2, 15.3, or 15.2.1, uh, it's hard to keep all these numbers in my head straight. Um, but if you're running one of those three iOS releases, I would strongly recommend going ahead and upgrading to 15.3.1. Um, I have not found any new issues in this public release, even though it didn't go through beta testers. And I'm not really seeing anything new either, although there are certainly bugs remaining. Uh, there are no new unwanted features in iOS 15.3.1. In part one, of course, we covered navigation or around the home screen. We went through the voiceover slash Braille menu. And we talked about some of the specific settings and why you might want to enable one or another and a little bit on uh, navigating around your home screens and in apps and how to highlight stuff. So in this session, we're building on that. And we're going to take a look at a few more basic commands, and then we're going to get into text editing. So let us now take a look at some other commands. By the way, once this trilogy of masterclasses ends, I will be distributing, we'll have the Braillists, I should say, distribute a handout, which will contain links to articles. Also, links to keyboard shortcuts and 
I remember I talked about the camera adapter. What is it? The lightning to camera adapter. Yeah. And uh, being able to connect certain braille displays through USB that way. And I will also provide a link to that. There's one other very basic thing I want to cover. Once you have your braille display paired and you've locked the screen, the order in which you will most likely have a successful connection. And this doesn't seem to really matter which display you use. It seems to be a generic thing. And that is, before you unlock your phone, put your braille display in discoverable mode or put it on the channel of the device before you attempt to unlock it. For whatever reason, I don't know the exact reason, but the uh, connection seems to happen a lot more quickly and reliably when you do things in that order. And the other thing I recommend doing is locking your screen and then turning the braille display off. Again, I can't tell you exactly why that seems to help, but sometimes it really does. So anyway, let's go ahead and get into this now. I'm going to go ahead and unlock my screen. I'm using the Brilliant BI-20X from Humanware. And it has a unique feature along with the Mantis and the Brilliant BI-40X and the Chameleon that allows you to hit a cursor routing button on the Braille display once it's already connected and it will wake up your phone. I don't know if Orbit Research is going to do this. I know that they have implemented the HID standard into the Orbit itself, but I don't believe it's supported yet through USB and you certainly can't unlock your screen or wake it up with a cursor routing button. So I'm on the channel for this iPhone. I'll go ahead and hit a cursor routing button and hope and pray it works. 12, 44, 12, 44 p.m. It does. Okay, so now I'm going to hit space with H for home. Dot watch two. And because this is not my daily driver phone, I, uh, I don't have a passcode on it. The, uh, the passcode entering process is not always successful either, by the way. Um, there are some voiceover issues with a feature called QuickNav, and, well, we probably won't be able to get into that too much, but sometimes hitting space with Q to toggle it, uh, QuickNav on and back off again, then you'll be able to enter your passcode. Anyway, I said we were going to talk about some other basic navigation commands, and I don't want to make a liar out of myself, so here we go. From anywhere within the operating system, of course, you can, depending on your phone model, you can swipe up from the bottom once to go to your home screen. And if you wait for the second click or haptic feedback to go to the app switcher. But you don't have to do anything with your touch screen. In fact, I haven't touched it since this masterclass has started, and I don't think I will be this time either. So let's say, for example, you wanted to go to the app switcher. Just like on the older phones or the SE2, you can press uh, the home button twice to get into the app switcher. Just like that function on the iPhone itself, you can do space with H, which we already know takes you to the home screen. And if you do it twice, quickly. App switcher, notes, active. We are now Actions available. In Sorry. We are now in the app switcher. And of course, 
space with dot one will take me to the previous item. Mail active. Space with dot available. Space with dot four will take me to the next item. Notes active. Actions available. And another review from last time to get out of here. How do we hit escape? Space with E is wrong, 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 wrong. You need to go back and listen to that class, or I'll give you the answer. I'm pretty easy like that. Space with B. Page one of two, adjustable. Gets me out of there and back to my home screen. Now, in this particular instance, when you hit space with B, it doesn't always return you to where you want to go. Space with H will also take you back to the home screen if you prefer to use that. So we've talked about the app switcher. Now for accessing the control center, you can do that by hitting space with dots four and six. Notification center, no older notifications, 12.47 p.m. And uh, well, you see the time there. And that's because it returned me to the upper left of the screen. I don't have any notifications. 12.48 p.m. And if I don't get away from the time within the next minute, we're going to hear it again. So, how do I move to the next item? Space with dot four. Sunday, February 13th. And I can do space with four again. No older notifications. And we have no older notifications. Again, space with B. Dot watch two. That time took me to the upper left corner of my first page of my home screen. Let's say we want control. Who doesn't want control over their iPhone, right? You can get into the control center with space and what some people call middle C. I just say space with dots two five. Control center, airplane mode, switch button off. Probably don't want to turn that on <laughs> um, because uh, you have a Bluetooth device connected, or I do. But again, space with dot four. Cellular data dimmed, switch button off. Uh, takes available. me to the next item, space with dot one. Airplane mode, switch button off. To the previous. Actions available. If I wanted to activate an item, again, I can hit a cursor routing button, space with dots three six, or if I'm on an orbit reader, 20 or 20 plus, I can hit the select button located in the middle of the arrow pad. So, that's a brief review. Of course, uh, we are going to add on to that, and I'm done kind of reviewing at this point, and we're going to move into editing text. But because iOS is a complex system, you'll find that the settings that you want may vary, which I think is a good thing. You know, it's great that we have options for things in voiceover. So what I want to do now is go into the voiceover settings and we'll talk about a few of the things that we might want to configure in specific ways. And I'm going to first get out of the control center. How would I do that? No, I would not hit space with L. Come on. Ugh, people. Space with B, of course. Dot watch two. Takes me back to the upper left corner of my screen. Now... I have set up a customized uh, keyboard command so that I can jump directly to voiceover settings. I don't know. We may have time in part three to look at customized commands. We may not. 
anyway, uh, to get directly to voiceover settings, I can hit on my device dot seven with V and space. Settings, accessibility, back button. And I'm now in the voiceover menu. If I knew what I was looking for, depending on where it was, I could have entered that text into the search box, but once you get beyond the voiceover main menu, if you will, I know it's a submenu, but there are submenus within those submenus. Once you search for something, you can find it in the main settings area. But for example, if I type um, typing feedback into the settings area, even though voiceover pulls it up and I'm able to select that, it only takes me into this menu. It'll tell you it's there, but it won't actually give you the option to navigate to that exact area. I am looking for typing feedback, and it's time for us to learn a new command. Uh, but before I do that, I'm going to move a couple options to the right. Voiceover. Heading. That sometimes helps. Voiceover. On. So let's say I know what I'm looking for, which I do. It's um, typing. So if I want to find typing, I can hit space with the letter F for find. Enter search text. And type, well, typing, T-Y-P. I'll just do T-Y-P and press dot eight. Typing button. And it magically hopped me there. Now, I will say that this does not work 100% of the time. Uh, I found it works fairly reliable in later releases of iOS. It's great on the web. Uh, virtual find or whatever your screen reader calls it. It's probably one of the greatest, most basic features. Anyway, so we want to go into typing. I'll go ahead and hit space with 3-6 or cursor writing button or the select key. Typing style, touch typing, button, typing, heading, typing style, touch typing, button. So now we are in this menu, and we're going to continue moving along. Typing style doesn't apply to a Braille display. It's your touchscreen, so I'm going to hit what? Space with dot four. Very good. Phonetic feedback. Phonetics only. Button. Not necessary to adjust, but you can go in here and do that if you want, especially if you're doing individual characters. But... I have found that the phonetic feedback does not always work when I have it turned on. I have a hearing impairment also, which means I prefer echo to the letter E, or say D for delta, because E and G and B and C, if you announce them, fine, it's okay, but Screen reader speech doesn't always do that. Anyway, let's keep going. Typing feedback button. Typing feedback is what we want. I'll go ahead and select it. Software keyboards heading. Not relevant to this demonstration, so I will hit space with dot four to keep going. Nothing. Selected characters, words, characters, hardware keyboards heading. Again, just hitting space with dot four. Nothing. Characters. Selected words. I have mine set to words, but you can have it set to characters, nothing, or... Characters and words. Characters and words. Characters and words. That's the last option in the menu. 
So let's think about this for a second. I'm going to go back to the upper left corner with space and L. Typing back button. And I could go through and hit space with dot four all kinds of times. Or I can hit space with four, five, six. Characters and words. And we have there the characters and word setting under the hardware keyboard. So that's sometimes a shortcut for you. Uh, you know, you, you can use find and that works a lot of the time. Uh, but, you know, if you know, for example, what you're looking for is at the bottom of the screen. Hit space with four, five, six, and it'll drop you at the end of the menu. I'll get out of here with space and H. Dot watch two. And we're at the home screen. Now, before we get into editing stuff, I thought it would be a good idea to briefly cover how to utilize the rotor. Uh, if you're not familiar with the voiceover rotor, it allows you to move your cursor by different elements. It also allows you to control certain aspects of the operating system. And uh, I would recommend you go check out the iOS voiceover manual if you don't already know what the rotor is. Or you can always check out the guide that Mike Fear put together. When I do put the handout together, which will be for all three master classes, I will make sure that a link to this guide is included because it does give you a very thorough explanation of many voiceover concepts, including the rotor. And I highly recommend if you haven't invested any time in the rotor, looking at that, and again, I'll provide that link in the handout that we have at the end of this course. So I can't spend a lot of time on what the rotor is. My point is to show you how to utilize it slash access it with a braille display. Of course, on the touchscreen, you can spin to the left or right while using the dial gesture on the touchscreen. With the Braille display, you also have the ability to change the rotor. If I hit space with dots five and six. Characters. We are now on characters. I can hit space and dot five, six again. Words. And it will go through all of the things that are enabled in my rotor. To go backward, so I'm on words now. Let's say I wanted to go back to characters. I can hit space with dots two and three. Characters. One more time. Actions. Activate. So that's, in this particular instance, going to allow you to uh, edit your home screen. If I hit space and two, three again. Headings. No headings on this page. And voiceover is usually pretty intelligent about not including rotor items that aren't accurate, active, but... For whatever reason, it decided it's going to do that. Let me do space with 2-3 again. Braille table, default. You get the idea. But I want to demonstrate changing a rotor option, so let's do space with 2-3 again. Speaking rate, 55%. There we are. We have speaking rate. So to flick up on the touchscreen, of course, you would flick up with one finger. On the Braille display, it's space with dot six. 50%, 45%. I don't want to go too much slower. If you guys aren't sleeping already, you certainly will be. So if I hit space with dot three, that's the equivalent of flicking down with one finger, and that will increase my speech rate. So let's go back to 55%. 50%, 45%. 
55%. I hit it twice. Seems to be the most acceptable level that everybody can understand, but it isn't too slow. So that's why I usually go with that. So that's how you get it around using the rotor, and that is going to possibly be important depending on how you wish to edit your text. Let us now go into the notes application. I'm going to go into the... No, nah, you know what? I'm not going to go into the app switcher. I'm going to do a find on the home screen because I know it's here. So let me do... What is it? Space with F. Yes, you're correct. Enter search text. I'll type notes. Enter. Notes. There it is. I did go to it. I was talking over it, so you may not have heard speech. Sorry about that. And what do I want to do to activate it? I'm not even going to tell you. If you haven't figured it out at this point, it's time you go back and re-listen. Notes locked. Notes. Note. Text field is editing. Insertion point at start. So I have here an empty note. And you can easily do a new note. This is going to involve two keyboard commands, but... Um, you can easily create a new note. It won't work for me right now because I am in a new note, but uh, you can do that with the Bluetooth keyboard command, the command key with the letter N. On a Braille display, you can emulate the command key. You don't have a whole lot of time to do this, to hit whatever letter you want to go with it. But let's say I wanted to hit command N for new. I would do space with dots one seven. And then quickly follow that with the letter N. Command. If I was in the email app, that would take me to a new message area to compose a new email. We might get the joy of doing that here. We'll see. In the notes app, it creates a new note. I believe uh, in reminders, it also creates a new reminder. And it's a pretty common Command. Command N also works for a new email in Outlook. So anyway, here we are with a new note. I'm going to type something very brief. Hello. Hello, comma, I, I am, am not, not very, very creative. Creative. So, so this, this note will, note be, will be boring. Boring. Since, since uh, I'm editing, editing, space, space, I'll leave the comma out uh, and go back and fix it. I, I need NED. Ned. Let's see. I need to, to make some, some errors. A-R-R-S. Errors. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. So there's a basic note. And if I want to go to the top of the note, I can do so by pressing space with three six. Insertion point at start. And indeed, the cursor is showing up with dot six for capital H in hello. Now, before we actually do any editing, there's one other feature I want to discuss, and that is the ability to have your input and output set differently. So your output is what you're reading, and your input is what you're typing. So you may, for example, want to read contracted Braille, but maybe you're not comfortable typing in it. Or maybe you want to avoid some of these iOS bugs that have come into being because of translation. 
you can set your input and output in a different code. To set your output, you would use space with the letter G. I guess you could say grade. That's what it toggles. So if I hit space with G. Braille output, six dot. I'll do it again. Braille output, eight dot. Braille output, contracted. Those are your options. Now for input, you would press space with dots two, three, six, or a low H, and you'll have the same options. I'll go ahead and press that command now. Braille input, six dot. Braille input, eight dot. Braille input, contracted. Now if you're using a Mantis, I strongly recommend that you put your input on eight dot because you're typing on a standard keyboard. So there's really no point for translation to even happen, and I've found that that actually increases the ability uh, for accurate typing with the Mantis, because, again, there's no translation occurring, and that's where several of our bugs here are happening. So anyway, I have this note, and I'm leaving everything on contracted Braille for now. It says, hello, comma, I am not very creative. We knew that. So this note will be boring. Since I'm editing, I ned. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and fix... I'm going to put a comma after uh, the G in editing. I hit the cursor routing button located above the ING sign. I'll hit comma. And there is no speech confirmation because of the way I have my typing feedback set, I have it set to words. Comma. Oh, okay. Well, I guess it decided to tell me that anyway. You never know. Um, but when I hit dot two, it did pop up for me on the Braille display. So the comma is now there. I ned. Okay, so I need to put the cursor routing button above the ED, then add an E to that. In Braille, it shows N-E-E-D now. E. Uh, and it voiced it. I need to make some errors. I should have made some spelling errors, but we'll get into that in a minute. There are multiple ways I can delete errors and, well, write errors. <laughs> um, I can put the cursor with the cursor writing button after the period in errors. That's where it's at now. And I can simply hit dot seven, or if I'm in eight dot braille, I have to also add a space to that command. So it would be space with dot seven. And I could simply backspace out the word errors. Add to make some. I don't. That was earlier parts of the note that you just heard voiceover speak. I did backspace out a i r s period, and it shows it accurately on the braille display. So now I'm free to type errors period and space Air, space. And it was in the process of saying the word uh, before I hit space. That is. Probably one thing that might annoy a few people is uh, I'm not normally a speech user, so I don't always um, pay attention to what it's speaking. Let's go ahead and do a couple spelling mistakes. My, My N-A-M. 
My name. ISS. Yes. I don't know if ISS will come up or not, because uh, that's the uh, acronym for the International Space Station. But anyway, S-C-O-T-T-T. Scott. And let's say I don't realize I made a spelling mistake. We all do that from time to time. One of the options available in the rotor is to, of course, spell check or to find misspelled words in your document. So I'm going to go to the top of the document now. I don't hit space with L because that would take me to the upper left corner of the screen, but I can hit space with three six. Insertion point at start. And that takes me to the top. Now, if I wanted to go to the bottom, I wouldn't hit space with four five six. That would take me to the lower right corner of the app. Uh, but I would hit space with dots three six again. Insertion point at end. And I see that the cursor is blinking after TTT period. That is how you would change your insertion point if you want to quickly jump to the top or the bottom. Uh, Again, space with L. Well, I'll go ahead and do it. Notes. Back button. Took me to the back button. Now if I hit space with 456. Hide toolbar. We are able to hide the toolbar. To get back to the text, I don't really have a quick way of doing that without hiding the toolbar, but I can easily hide that with all the other ways that we would activate something. Show toolbar. Now I'll go with space and dot one. Note, text field is editing. Hello, I am not very creative, so this note will be boring since I'm editing. I'll tell you the command that I used to shut it up in a second. And now I'm back in the note. I can hit space with three six. And nothing happened. Let me hit it again. And nothing happened. So that's fun. Let me do space with dot one. Oh, I see what happened. The uh, Braille display is no longer taking keyboard input. All right. Well, let me go into the Brilliant menu and go to reconnect. Keyboard visible. You just heard it disconnect because it's deactivating Bluetooth. I'll wait for it to come up. Hopefully we'll hear a bonk pretty soon. Keyboard hidden. Beautiful. So now I'll go back into my list of connected devices and pick the correct iPhone. And now let's see if Space in 3.6 does anything. Insertion point at start. It does indeed. We are at the start of the document. Now, let's say I want to spell check this. There is a rotor option called misspelled words, and it's mostly reliable. I believe if I hit space and two, three. Misspelled words. Yep, there it goes. And now, if I want to find the first spelling mistake that it finds, I can do space with dot six. Remember, we're using the rotor. This selected. ISS is not in the dictionary. Now, I have several options here. ISS is what it found, and that is highlighted on the Braille display. Let's see if is, which is what I was attempting to write, is one of our choices. I can go through the available choices by pressing space with dot one or space with dot four. So let's do space with dot four. I don't know, just because. Is. 
there is, is. And if I say is one more time, you could feel free to smack me. So what happened on the Braille display is... Uh, I just said it again. The word is flashed up. The, the correct spelling of is. And if I wanted to not take that suggestion, I could hit space with dot four again. It's. It. Sis. Sis. Is. And back around to is. And you heard it made a little noise there once it circled around. So if I wanted to change ISS to is, which I do, I can then press space with three six. Cursor routing button doesn't seem to work here. So you have to typically hit space with three six. Is unselected. ISS is unselected, and on the Braille display, I have IS with the cursor under S and then the space bar. Now, let's see if it picked up on the fact that my name was spelled wrong. Because the rotor has moved, I have to hit space with 2, 3 again. Edit. Okay. I guess I didn't that time. Let me hit space with 5, 6. Misspelled words. Space with dot 6. Scott, selected. And... Scott is highlighted. I can do what I did before. I can hit space with dot four or dot one. Scott. It does, uh, it did find it as C-O-T-T. But the interesting thing about this is that it doesn't actually voice the spelling and there's no way to make it do that. Uh, the suggestion, I mean. So if you're not seeing it, for lack of a better word, on your Braille display, you're not going to actually know how the word was correctly spelled. Which, for a word like there, or the word to, is kind of a problem. But, because I'm on a Braille display, I know that it's what I want. I can hit space with dot three six, and that will, once again, replace the word with the correct one. Scott, unselected. And it has been done. Now, you can also edit a spelling mistake if you want. But uh, that's usually the way I do it. Um, but you might want to edit it manually if, for example, the word that you want is not available. I can't really think of a good way to trick the spell check. Because, again, I'm not creative. But that's how you can spell check. And that's how you can do basic editing. Now, if you want to know where the cursor is, and maybe you're on an orbit writer, for example, or the, I believe, Habel is how it's pronounced. I'm not sure if it's Habel or Habel. Maybe somebody can give us that information, or me that information when we're done. But let's say I want to find out where in the heck the cursor is. I can do that with space and dots three, four. Title, System Font Regular, 28 Point, Dark Gray, Bold, Natural Alignment, Indentation Level 0, Character Mode, Insertion Point Between, T, and Period, at the 123rd position. So there's no title on it. Um, it's a regular font at 28 point, and it's dark gray, and it's bold, and natural alignment, indentation level 0, character mode, insertion point between T and period, at the 123rd position. No, don't worry. I did not memorize all that. But what you'll notice on your Braille display is that when certain things happen, dots 1 through 8 on the first and last cell will quickly show that information and then go away. 
You can use a command, and you will not get this in speech. It's only available in Braille. That's actually what I did to read this particular message that we just received on where the cursor was. I can press space with the letter N. Why N? I don't know, but that's what they used. And when I hit space with N, I get the last 10 announcements or flash messages, whatever you want to call them. So I just read you the one that was on there most recently, but if I hit space with dot one, Scott was the thing before that that came up, and that was when they offered me the spelling suggestion. I'll press space with dot one again, and it says misspelled words because the rotor also communicates its information through flash messages. Uh, you did hear a little clicking noise, but the information is not actually presented in speech. Now if I hit space with N again, I'm returned to where I was previously. I really wish we had more time to get into greater detail, but what I do want to quickly show you before we wrap this particular session up is when we have major problems. Now, I did not have major problems in notes, and I typically don't. But let's go compose an email. This will be fun. I'm going to use the app switcher. App switcher. Notes. Active. Settings. Active. Mail. Active. There's mail. Message content. Message body. Text field. Is editing. Sent. So I already have an empty message there, but I don't know where my cursor is because it's not blinking anywhere. And I hit space with P to pause speech, by the way. But I really... Uh, unless I have speech on, I have no idea where I am in this area. And again, this is to compose a new message. So I need to hit space with dot one. CC slash BCC from. I, it, I hit it twice because the first time didn't respond right away. So now I'm in the message composition area of iOS, and again, you see dot one chord will move you to the previous item, or space with dot one. KCAPNL at gmail.com. Yeah, go ahead and email me. I don't care. It's okay. <laughs> uh, so if I continue to hit space with dot one now. To text field. And let's say I want to write myself an email. I can hit a cursor routing button to start interacting with this text field. Insertion point at end. I have a blinking cursor. By the way, voiceover does not say insertion point at end. In this case, it doesn't matter because the insertion point is not really relevant. It's a blank, it's a blank area. So let's say I want to email myself. I'm going to type scott.davert. Scott.davert. Scott.davert at hknc.org. Now you have two ways to contact me. So if I want to accept that, I can hit space with dot four to get there, but I can also just press dot eight, which is the equivalent for enter. And now there's a little, it's dot four, five, six, followed by dot three, five, six. It's a bullet. I don't know why they do that, but that's their way of uh, communicating that you have an address. I can confirm that by hitting space with dot one add contact button and then space with dot four to text field is editing scott divert scott divert at hknc.org character mode insertion point at end 
And there you go. So now I'm going to go back to the subject. Scott divert. Scott KCAPNL CC slash BC subject text field. And again, I have to hit uh, space with three six, a cursor routing button, or the select button. Insertion point at end. And I'll write test TEST. I did that already. Space with dot four again will take me to the message body. Message content. Message body. Text field sent from my iPhone. And uh, message body is the only thing I see here on my Braille display. So again, space with three six, select a cursor routing button. Insertion point at start. And I have a blinking cursor, so I'll type hello. Hello. And then I did that followed by a space. This, this will, will work. Work fine. Fine. For now. For now. Let's say, though, that I wish to insert a line break. New line. Now in speech, it said new line, and you would think that we are still ready to write, but we're not. The voiceover cursor is actually where it's supposed to be. Um, on my Braille display, though, I see the word hello, period. This will work fine. So according to Braille, my focus is at the very top of the message. It isn't, but that's where it says it is. But I'm going to ignore this, and I'm going to keep typing. This, this is a... This a Message. Message about, about nothing. Noting at all. that. All. And again, the cursor decided, for whatever reason, to show me that I am back up at the top where it says hello. I am proving. Space roving. Yeah. Yep, it broke. Uh. That this is this broken. Is period. Broke. Oh boy, is it ever. So again, my um, Braille display says, hello, this will work fine, even though I wrote a bunch of stuff underneath that. The only way I've found to make this work is to hit space with that one to go back to the subject. Subject, test, text field. Space with that four. Message content, message body, text field, is editing, hello. This will work fine for now. Space with P to shut it up. And I find out that broke, B-R-O-K-E, before the four periods that I wrote, is where the cursor is actually located. And because it's kind of in a random place, you'll see, I'll, I'll pan backward now. You heard what I wrote, but here's what it came up with just for this am period r-o-v-i-n-g t-h-a-t space this is and then if i pan forward broke dot 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 so that's annoying and what you can sometimes do if you happen to be looking down at the braille display if you go back to your subject and then go to the composition area you'll find that this will continue to function as it should but if you don't catch it uh, you see there what happens there's all kinds of nonsense I'll just let you hear it let me go back uh, to the top here insertion point at start now if I want to read the contents of this message I can hit space and the letter R and this will voice what is there 
and I'm not that bad of a Braillist, I promise, but let's hear what it came up with. I'll hit space with R. Message body, text field, is editing, hello. This will work fine for now. This is a message about noting that Ali am roving that this is broke. Four periods. Sent from my iPhone, insertion point at start. Isn't that great? So what I do a lot of the time is, um, I'm just going to clear this entire thing out. Going to hit space with L. Sheet grabber, button, minimize draft, cancel, button. Hit space with dot four a couple times to get to cancel. Cancel, alert, delete draft, button. Let's delete that draft. Sheet grabber, button, messages, unread, Jim Ruby, hop notes. And now I'm back in the notes. Uh, I'm sorry, on the home screen with the notes app in focus, which is good because guess what we're going to use? Yes, we are going to use the notes app. And by the way, with the current version of iOS 15.3.1, I'm finding that oftentimes the flash message, which in this case is home, sits there even though the iPhone hasn't frozen and speech is telling me where I'm at on my home screen. It's not conveying that with the Braille display. So just another thing to be aware of. Anyway, I'm on notes and I'll hit a cursor routing button. Again, on the Braille display, I would never know I'm there. I can, of course, figure that out by hitting space with dot one. Reminders. And then four. Notes. Or I could press space with three, four. Group, notes, row three, column one, home, page one of two, center of screen, double tap to open. Now, if I wanted to read all that, <laughs> it isn't a flash message. Anyway, let's go ahead and select notes. Notes, note, text field, is editing, hello. I, I hit space with P to shut it up. And we're going to learn another command. Yes, there's never enough commands. And that command is going to select all because I'm just going to delete this note. And I can do that first by hitting space with dots two, three, five, six, or lower G. In some applications right now, it doesn't appear to be consistently working, but you can typically hit space with dots two, three, five, six to select all, and then hit backspace to clear it. However, that is not working right now. It worked earlier today, and then it stopped working. Oh, that's interesting. Now it's showing that everything is selected. I don't know when that happened or why that happened. So I guess it is selected now. It was very slow. So if I hit um, dot seven. Selection deleted. Hello. I am not very creative. So this note will be bored. Space with P to shut it up. That entire note is gone. So let's say I'm going to do a really quick email, and unfortunately we don't have time to get into the more um, advanced editing that I'm weighing with class three. Do we go with advanced editing or do we go with some of the other things? And I'll figure that out within the next few days. Anyway, so hello, period. New line. Drop down to a new line. Nothing wrong happened. This is this Scott, is comma, Scott. emailing. emailing. Myself. Myself. Period. How, How boring. Boring. Now I made a typo in there. Under my name, let me go to the top with uh, space and three six. Insertion point at start. Hello, period. New line. This is Thakot. the cot. Uh, the dot six 
merged with the letter S, so that's why we have that. I can go hit a cursor rounding button, backspace the the, there it goes, and insert S, and there it goes. Let's see how long it takes voiceover to speak it. Longer than we have. comma. <laughs> and it didn't even tell us the right thing anyway. And that is a common bug, by the way. I really feel bad for people on Orbit Writers because, um, you know, you don't have the Braille there to even tell you that it's messed up. So let's say, for example, I would like to email this to myself. I'm going to try to hit space with 2356 to select all. Hello, this is Scott emailing my... And I hit space with P to be make it be quiet because it's going to voice everything all over again. But I do see dot seven and eight under the entire text as I pan through it. If I want to copy it to the clipboard, which I do, I can hit space with dots one four or C. Hello, this is Scott emailing myself. How boring. Space with P again to shut it up. Now, um, it also took the line breakaway for some reason. Anyway, notes. going back to my home screen, and now I'm going to find mail. Safari, phone, page one, settings, Let's wallet, see. home, health, TV, one, podcast, app store. See, this is why space with F is your friend. Let me go to the top. Dot watch two. Space with F. Enter search text. Mail, 34 unread emails. And then enter, and it did land on it. Let me go in here. Mail, kcpnl at gmail.com, back button. And let me do command, which again is dots one seven with space, and then quickly followed by the letter N. Command to text field is editing, character mode, insertion point at start. Now I'm not going to bother filling out all this other stuff. I'm going to hit, what am I going to hit? I want to go to the lower right corner for the last item on this screen. I'm going to hit space with four, five, six. Message content. Message body. Sent from my iPhone. Text field. I'm not currently in the text field where I can write, so I need to hit space with 3-6. Insertion point at start. Message body. Text field. Is editing. Sent from my iPhone. Character mode. Insertion point at start. This is why I don't like using speech. It really slows everything down. Anyway, so if I wanted to paste what I just wrote from notes, I can hit space with the letter V. Hello. This is Scott emailing myself. How boring. And it is there. As it should be. You can try to make minor edits in the mail app. Um, I've had some success with that and some failures. Now, if I wanted to send this and it won't work because I didn't fill out all the other fields in the interest of time, which we're running out of. But if I wanted to send it, there's a keyboard command for that. That is command shift with the letter D. I already told you that space with one seven gives you the command key. You can emulate the shift key with space and dots four seven. Shift. And then you would hit the letter D very quickly. Unfortunately, we are about out of time, so... I'm afraid I have to end it here. I'll uh, thank everybody again for tuning in, and we'll go ahead and take questions. And I'm going to use another command I set up to lock my screen. I did dot seven with L.
There it goes. So that's the end. Let's take some questions. And again, I hope this was helpful. Scott Davitt there navigating what can be quite a bumpy and complicated experience writing on an iDevice using your Braille display. Uh, but obviously, uh, Scott, you find that worth the effort uh, because you continue to do it and you've been willing to to kind of share that information with us and we very much appreciate that so we've got um i'd say around about 20 minutes just over 15 minutes uh for your questions we would love to hear those about anything to do with braille on ios obviously um Tonight, we've been focused on the input experience. Uh, but of course, if you've got any questions still arising from last time uh, when we talked about connecting Braille displays with uh, with iDevices, I'm pretty sure we can probably uh, get across those as well. So we'll try and cover as many of your questions as we possibly can. And uh, assisting us with the moderation of hands uh, this evening, it's Ben Musselrose uh, and Ben will share with you the information you need to go ahead and raise your hand. Yes, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Scott. We already have one person with their hand raised, so we're going to come to Richard Jemmet first, and after Richard, we're going to come to Koal. Uh, Richard, you are good to go. Okay, good day, everyone. Hello. Um, one question, right, about the commands that you all just use, right? I have a Orbit Reader 20. I want to know if all the commands apply for to, to all real displays. Uh, I, th I think the answer is is yes, but Scott can can speak to that. Yes. Uh, the only differences on iOS with different displays are the buttons and keys that are different. So like the Braille Edge, just as an example, has eight rectangular buttons on, on the top underneath the keyboard. Well, obviously, the Orbit Reader doesn't have those as options, so those commands would be different, but everything else is the same. You know, the space with H to go home, uh, you know, space with B to escape, all that stuff is the same on iOS, regardless of the display in use. The only exception is that I can think of off the top of my head is the Braille Node Apex from 2009, I think. Anyway, uh, that did not let you work with space with H. That would take you to the internal help file and you had to hit the middle two thumb keys then to go to your home screen. But uh, that's the only real exception I know of. So yes, it will apply equally to the Orbit or any other device, uh, Braille device you have connected. And I think you also mentioned, Scott, that the um, humanware, uh, newer humanware displays have this feature where you can use a cursor routing button to wake uh, the phone. And obviously on the Orbit Reader, 20 and 20 plus they do not have cursor routing keys so that obviously isn't available at this time correct yeah um the one thing i will say i don't know i don't know if that's coming or not the okay. uh, watch this space i know that the orbit reader has support you know hid support but it hasn't been integrated into voiceover yet so when that happens maybe orbit research will get on board with doing that you know Obviously, the Orbit Reader 20, you can't hit a cursor routing button, but what about select or another button? That might be a suggestion to contact them about if you're interested. And you've also been careful, I think, Scott, in your material to use the corded 
commands. So you've quite often referred to, you know, space and dots three six, for example, to activate uh, an item, uh, which that will be transferable to any Braille display with a Braille Perkins style keyboard. Mm -hmm. And like with the focus, that's another one where you have all these different things on the front, all these buttons that you can uh, use to do various commands. They're all uh, all those commands are available, certainly, but most of them are repeats of everything that's already been done uh, in the keyboard command set. And we'll have to figure out next time, do we want to go into things like assigning keyboard commands or do we want to continue along with text editing? I'll kind of leave that up to you guys as to which direction you'd like to go. Hope that helped, Richard. Um, quite a few hands to get through still, so I'm going to go to Koal next, and after Koal, we're going to come to Barbara. Koal, uh, well, you're good to go. Uh, hi. Uh, sign assigning commands is exactly what I wanted to ask. Is it very easy to do? Because I've been trying to do it on the Mac, although it's not about the Mac. I found that really hard, but I haven't tried it on iOS yet. I mean, it's easier, I would say, on iOS than Mac OS. There's a lot of issues on Mac OS. You I haven't me. even <laughs> addressed all of you know, I haven't even looked at it. Uh, what is it? And I, Not Big Sur, the new one. And also um, um, the modifier keys. Um, it seems that the space and dot eight, a little bit like the focus like you do on a computer, uh, is the same as what you do on iOS. Is that right? Some of it. Yeah. A lot of the if I understand your question correctly, my my hearing is off a little more than the last time we did this. Um, so a lot of the commands are the same, yes, but like space with H, for example, isn't going to work on the Mac because there's no home screen. Mm. So there are a lot of similarities, but there are also differences. Oh, great. That's great. Thank you very much. Is that cool? Would that be a vote from you then for part three to look at customizing uh, the Braille commands? Yes, it is. Thank you. Okay, appreciate the feedback. Thank you very much. So you got one vote there, Scott, for custom Braille commands, and I like the one that you had there in the demonstration that took us straight to the voiceover settings. That certainly would be yep. uh, helpful. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to come to Barbara next. And after Barbara, we're going to come to phone number ending in 153. That's 153. Uh, but for now, Barbara, you are unmuted. Hi. Um, I wanted to know, um, is the the presentation, um, is it, does it, um, connect to the Focus 40 or the Polaris? Yes, uh, you can use uh, the Focus 40 or the uh, Polaris with uh, iOS. I think that's right, Scott. Yeah, um, the pairing process on the Polaris is a little different from the rest of them, but it does work as long as you follow what's in the manual. Oh, okay, because I didn't see the first um, presentation, so so this is my first presentation. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So, so is it's there different. any way that you can demonstrate with the Polaris on the third session or somehow, or is that an, uh, is that it? or can I ask that? Well, so uh, we covered. Scott, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Uh, well, so um, it's different for every device, uh, mm -hmm. and we we would be here all night if we demoed every single device and how you go about the steps to pair it. But there are basically two approaches, as I understand it. Uh, one is within your voiceover Braille settings, and the other mm -hmm. is in the Bluetooth settings. So, Scott, do you want to elaborate? Sure. So for the Polaris, you would go to uh, settings, accessibility, voice over Braille. After you go into, was it? I think it's called terminal mode, if I remember correctly. I don't have a Polaris or a BrailleSense 6 in front of me. Anyway, um, that's what you want to do first is put the Polaris into terminal mode. I believe that's what it's called. Then on your iOS device, go to settings, accessibility, voice over Braille, and the Polaris should show up. Um, well, I wanted to know, is the ILS that you're speaking of, is it if, with the iPhone or a um, computer? Well, the terminal part will be for any device that you want to connect to the BrailleSense Polaris and use it to display what's on that device. So if you're running uh, a Mac or a Windows machine or an iOS device, uh, anytime you want to connect to Bluetooth, uh, this is partially how it'll work. Um, so you'll have to find it in the uh, list of devices. Probably it's the only one, but you might have the focus in there too. And then double tap the name. And then what's going to happen is, and this is only a BrailleSense thing, you'll have to match the code on the BrailleSense with the same uh, pairing code on your iOS device. Now, this might have changed. It's been a little bit. But when I last did it, you had to enter the pin code. I just do 1111 because it's really easy. But you have to do it in computer Braille on the Braille sense, uh, which would be dot two. So dot two four times followed by enter. And then you will have to enter 1111 as the authentication code when it comes up on your iOS device. And then double tap pair, which is in the upper right quadrant i'm not going to say upper right corner but the upper right section of the screen hope that helps barbara Definitely yeah and it's well i was going to add to that we, yeah quickly I was add to that um you may want to reach out to hymns international as well who who can probably give you a little bit of extra support if you need somebody to kind of walk you through that because i appreciate it can be a little bit complicated all right so we're going to try and get through these questions now so we're going to come to deborah next and after deborah we're going to come to ian uh, Deborah, you're now unmuted. Okay. Um, good afternoon, everybody. Scott, uh, as usual, another good presentation. Um, I'm sort of new to uh, iOS and iPhones and stuff like that. I have um, a Braille Edge. It's um, still hanging in there. It's about, oh, I guess about seven years of age. Um, I wanted, I was hoping that I could pair it with my um, iPhone that I got. Um, what I have found though, is when I press the uh, push the Bluetooth button in the position, um, it doesn't it doesn't stay on Bluetooth. Now, this happens, of course, when I'm uh, was, you know, just in a regular file, reading reading a book or something like that. I was just interested to see how it worked because in the seven years I've had the Braille Edge, I've never actually used Bluetooth at all. 
but I'm just wondering, um, because of the uh, age of the Braille Edge and be because of its uh, the way it's functioning now, if I can't get the, the Braille Edge to actually, uh, if I can't actually set the uh, uh, Braille Tooth itself on Bluetooth, um, I would imagine my iPhone, it's an Apple phone, a refurbished phone, it would have Bluetooth. Would that make any difference? Could I still use the um, the the Braille Edge? Well, the shorter answer is uh, I don't I don't even believe Hims is working on the Braille Edge anymore. Um, I've also mm -hmm. had connectivity problems with the Braille Edge with uh, iOS 15. Mm -hmm. So it's not just you, but it might be because I know the the Bluetooth chip in there has some issues uh, over time. As far as uh, what to get, well, the uh, maybe what I'll do is uh, include in with the handout a link to uh, all of the Braille display reviews that I've done fairly recently. So, uh, like I did a comparison of five different 40 cell Braille displays. Those are all the ones on the U.S. market, and you know, like went through all the features and. The prices, which have changed a little since then, you know, the pandemic has made prices go up. And this is published in October, November, something like that. Uh, anyway, I can uh, I can include that link and then links to the more thorough reviews, if you'd like, in the handout. And then you'll have lots to read. Sounds good to me. And I hope that helps, Deborah. Going to come to Ian next. I'm after Ian last, but by no means least for this session, we're going to come to Gregory. Uh, Ian, you are good to go. I was interested that uh, Scott is using a brilliant BI20 and that he had assigned keystrokes to commands. Now, I have a brilliant BI20, but the only keys that it is letting me reassign are the panning keys. Um, is this because I got my brilliant uh, at the end of last year and Scott did this a while ago? Or is there something I can do so that it'll allow me to assign the keystrokes? Can you guys, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm so, yeah, so the gen the, yeah, the gentleman's question is about reassigning keys and he's saying the only keys that he's able to reassign are his panning keys and that you hmm. had um, been able to reassign keys in, in your device. So maybe that's another vote for covering that in the next uh, session. I believe so. Um, I know that there were issues earlier on. I don't know if you might want to check for software updates on the Brilliant. Um, it could also be that you didn't go into the correct area for a signing command because last <coughs> oh, time I checked, no, I, Sorry, went correct, I certainly went into the correct area. I'll have another look, but the only keystrokes that would allow me to reassign were the <clears throat> left and right panning keys on under uh, chord equivalents. Okay, so, so maybe we'll cover this in more depth yeah. uh, in the next session then about how we go about assigning keys on, on devices. Yep. Uh, we sorry. have no votes for advanced editing, uh, no. and quite frankly, I, I don't why. enjoy it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and last but by no means least, we have Gregory. Uh, Gregory, you are good to go. I hate to be a killjoy, but I have to ask, when these bugs occur, are they fixed in a, in a 
uh, a good time or they, does a lot of them linger or they, do they get broken when the iOS device gets updated? It sounds like a lot of bugs. I'm trying to decide what to do, you know, what device to get. I have an Orbit Rider, which uh, has a lot of bugs, as far as I'm concerned. I'm just wondering if if we'll ever think this will ever get to a point where we won't have to worry no. about all these bugs. Yeah. Sadly, no. Uh, and, you know, the, there are always bugs. Lots of them are happening now. That seems to be the problem. We have like a whole hive of them, at least one big hive, probably two. Um, but, you know, that's sometimes the challenge with merging mainstream technology with assistive technology is that you don't necessarily get the attention to the bugs uh, that you want fixed. You know, it's not paid the attention you'd like because Apple, for example, is a very large company. And unfortunately, Braille displays and the Braille display market is extremely small uh, when you compare it to, you know, your average sighted user that's just using the touchscreen. And, you know, they may enlarge their text or something like that, but that's about as far as they go. Uh, I don't like that. Um, I'm sure nobody here does. But the only thing we can do is keep reporting this stuff to Apple. I wish I could say, oh, yeah, 15.4 is going to come along and it's going to fix everything. But well, we know I'd be lying then uh, because <laughs> that will never happen. So uh, will there be bugs? Yes, there always be. And they will be on any operating system you use. That's just, you know, like I often tell people, humans aren't perfect. Humans are designing these pieces of software and hardware. Thus, the software and hardware is not perfect either. Um, if you really want to be frustrated, I encourage you to uh, try to use that thing on Android. <laughs> well, well, on that note, <laughs> on that bombshell, shots fired, and we'll <laughs> hand over to Dave. Yeah, wow, Scott, you've put the cat amongst the pigeons now. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we do need to keep reporting the bugs to Apple. You know, I'm sure there will be resolutions at conventions and and things like that and and this will 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 run and run uh because we all want a better braille experience on on ios and it you know it it's certainly usable but uh, are there challenges well that's why we're doing these sessions to kind of show you how to work around uh, some of those scott thank you again and uh, i know you'll be back in a couple of weeks and it sounds like we're going to be looking at um how to customize braille commands from your device in that third part and anything else that you feel uh, that we need to know about as well from me dave williams chair of the brailleist foundation and the rest of the team have a great week bye for now we hope you've enjoyed this episode of brailcast extra you can find more braille related content by subscribing to brailcast all one word in your podcast client of choice or listening to brailcast connecting the dots for brailleists everywhere on your smart speaker for the latest information about future Brailleist events and how to join live, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter at brailleists.org slash newsletter slash sign up. You can also visit our events page at brailleists.org slash events. If you have comments on this recording or suggestions of topics or guests for future events, we'd love to hear from you. Please email help at brailleists.org. You can also find the Brailleists on Twitter at Brailleists or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Foundation. 
finally, if you like what you've heard, spread the word. We welcome new listeners and live participants alike, so if you know other people who are interested in Braille, please tell them where to find us. In the meantime, on behalf of everyone at the Braillists, thanks for listening and bye for now. The costs of producing this episode were defrayed by a grant from the Activate Fund of the Winston Churchill Memorial Trust. For more information, visit wcmt.org.uk.